Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host, Miss Susan Weed, and we'll be back in just a moment. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Hypertension under control by spending 30 minutes in a park once a week. 
that's pretty astonishing, isn't it? I like it. When you <laughs> when you consider how many drugs people are on. Oh my gosh, yes. To control their blood pressure and sometimes not just one but two and three and four. So it's not everybody but 10%. That's a significant amount. If everyone were to make time for nature, the savings on health care would be incredible. You might say, well, it must be because they were in fresh air, but in fact the study was done in a city. And so when they were outside, they were being exposed to air pollution. They really think that there's two things at work here. First of all, nature is undemanding, and so our stress hormones go down. And secondly, there are um, minute amounts of scents, the smells from trees in the air. They're called phytoncides, and they actually directly lower blood pressure. And they're the other end of the spectrum from essential oils. So if we take the plants of the forest and we concentrate them, extract, concentrate, purify, we get we can get essential oils, which can be deadly. But if we spend, simply spend time in nature, then we get these same volatiles, but in minute amounts and at dilutions that have incredibly beneficial effects on our bodies. Two, being... In nature, forest walking increases awe. Now, before you go, yeah, so what? We have found that 60 seconds of awe actually lead to lower levels of inflammatory compounds in the body. Can we pull off 60 seconds of awe a day? Go outside and look at the stars. Ah! Go outside during the day and look at the clouds or look at a tree or walk in the forest for 60 seconds and you will be in awe because nature is awesome. And April... 2016 study of 44 cities found that urban areas with more parks scored higher on measures of community well-being. One of the reasons that we love Manhattan. Manhattan has the most green space of any city in the United States. I know it's hard to believe, but it's because Manhattan is a very small city and there's an awful lot of green there between Riverside Park and Central Park and lots of other little parks built in. Three, Shinrin-yoku, forest bathing, promotes cancer-fighting cells. An April 2016 study published in Environmental Health Perspectives reported women living in areas with lots of vegetation had a 12% lower risk of death from all causes. Now, again, you might just say it's less pollution, but the Nippon Medical School found that when you walk through a forest, inhaling those phytoncides increases the number of natural killer cells 
a type of white, white blood cell that lowers the risk of cancer. They also have a role in combating infections and autoimmune disorders, as well as reducing the risk of heart disease and diabetes. A 2010 study found that people who took long walks through forests on consecutive days were able to increase natural killer cells by 50% and the activity of those cells by 56% and that those activity levels remained 23% higher than usual for a month following those two long walks. In another study... They took those phytoncides and infused them into people's hotel rooms, and they got the same rise in natural killer cells. Uh, but let's not get rid of nature from our nature walk. Number four, it helps with depression and anxiety. Not surprisingly, people who live in cities are much more likely to have anxiety and mood disorders than people who live in rural areas. And... 80% of Americans live in cities. The good news is that a 2015 study found that people who walked for 90 minutes in a natural setting were less likely to be depressed. Accessible natural areas are vital for mental health, the study's authors wrote. The exact mechanism of just how nature helps is unclear, but at the very least, time in nature lifts spirits. When you have a short blast of nature exposure, people's moods go up. You've heard me say, right, that I double dare anybody to come out here who's depressed and spend a day with the baby goats and remain depressed. Mm. Because it's just too much fun and uh, too exciting. Mm-hmm. So there's a new herd of baby goats there now. N- no. we have, The baby goats are growing up. They're not teenage goats. And but oh, they're okay. still delightful. But we did get a new milking goat today. Okay, I wasn't trying to bring up a bad event, but I knew some of the goats had had perished, uh, and I was just um, curious. The, uh, the, a... Yes, yes, there is a new herd of goats here now, and for about a month. And um, hey, the milkers just came in. Michael, did you put the milk in the non-dairy fridge because there's no room in the dairy fridge? Oh well, I, I think it's better to open the door because it's not great with the vegetables. We have a special fridge for milk. Oh, and the okay. Fridge, and the fridge for the milk has a goat bell on it. How inventive of us! And so the oh. milkers didn't want to open the door leading to the refrigerator because they didn't want to disturb the show. Oh well, that's good. By ringing the bell, but I said, "Go ahead, it's all right." It's fine. We can we can deal okay. with the bell, right? All right. Hello, Gucci. Yeah, a gallon of milk. That's beautiful. All right. Good work, milkers. Yay. Forest bathing, Shinrin-yoku, can help get rid of ADHD. Small studies with children with ADHD have found that nature walks are a natural way to improve their attention. They tried 20-minute walks in different places, a park, a neighborhood, and an urban area. And when they tested the kids afterwards, they found that after the park walk, they could concentrate substantially better than after a walk in a neighborhood or an urban area. 
They also found that children who regularly played outdoors had milder ADHD symptoms. Nature gives the part of the brain that's used in effortful concentration a rest. People with ADHD can improve their attention by interacting with nature. A University of Michigan study found that people improved short-term memory by 20% after a nature walk, but had no memory improvement after an equal-length walk along city streets. And number six, before you start planning your escape to the countryside, consider this. There's a plenty of evidence that you'll get most of these benefits even if all you do is put a plant in your room or look at trees through a window. Research shows that even artificial images, sounds, and smells of nature have positive health effects. Listening to nature sounds helps people recover from stress. That's why so many spas have nature sounds in their treatment rooms. Several studies have also shown that having a window view improves attention, reduces stress, and even helps people in hospitals heal faster. One widely cited study of women recovering from abdominal surgery found that those with tree-lined views were released faster from the hospital, experienced fewer complications, and required less pain medication than people who got a view of a brick wall. Right. Forest bathing, Shinrin-yoku. We are waiting for Medicare to pay for walks in the forest. Wouldn't that be forward thinking? (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) But unlikely to be happening soon. Who knows, though? It could happen. All right. Loose. Lutherococcus centicosis. Confusingly enough, sometimes called touch-me-not, and of course impatience is touch-me-not. I was introduced to this plant, sometimes called Siberian ginseng, by Russian friends. And they considered it a great adaptogen and basically <clears throat> treated it the way that Chinese people treat ginseng, which is um, you take it. If you're old, you take it. If you're tired, you take it. If you feel that you need something special, extra in your life because life is hard, you take it. And <clears throat> thus the name Siberian ginseng because it's used in the same way. But it's not ginseng, although it's in the same family. As ginseng, devil shrub is another name for it. Uh, and um, Stephen Herod Booner, whose book Herbal Antibiotics we are referring to, says that there is emerging evidence that it's not just Eleutherococcus centicosis that is active, but Eleutherococcus sessiflorus, which is used in Korea, and Eleutherococcus sisyphonius, which is used in Tibet, and Eleutherococcus spinosus, which is invasive in Connecticut, Indiana, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Utah, West Virginia, and Ontario, Canada. And I think I even saw some when I was just up in Ontario, although I thought that it was another plant. 
And all of the eleutheros are used as tonic adaptogens for general debility, rheumatic pain, and for regaining strength. It is an important immune plant and adaptogen, and we should explore using any invasive species that are around us. I then got a little more into Siberian ginseng when I started looking into anti-cancer plants. And Eleutherococcus kept coming up over and over again, sometimes known by its shortened name, Eleuthero. It is nourishing and tonifying and adaptogenic. And I guess uh, when I say that it's easily cultivated in temperate areas, in my book, Breast Cancer Question Mark, Breast Health Explanation Point, The Wise Woman Way, I guess I didn't realize that that easy to cultivate also means that a species could indeed get out there and begin to be invasive. It is the root of eleuthero that is used, and being a perennial plant, it is harvested when the, is, there is no above-ground growth, when the root is dormant. It protects against the effects of all chemicals, radiation, and stress. We can see why this is mentioned over and over again for people dealing with cancer. If they are engaged in radiation, if they're using chemotherapy, or even if they just have a diagnosis of cancer, which is incredibly stressful to people, Eleuthero is going to enhance and strengthen the immune system, stabilize the production of red cells and white cells, increase macrophage activity, protect the liver, the adrenals, and the central nervous system. Eleuthero eases anxiety and tension, improves the sense of well-being. In terms of cancer, it inhibits metastasis, and it is a direct anti-cancer substance. Also, using Eleuthero regularly increases both endurance and stamina and reduces inflammation throughout the body, thus making it easier to do more and to feel better. I'm noticing among people my age and older, that although there may be a mental aptitude to being more physically vigorous, that pain stops people. I was just visiting with a woman, 86 today, and she was telling me how it's just too painful to go up and down the stairs or to take a walk anymore and how much more she sits. And things like Eleuthero, things like Rishi, things like High CBD tinctures and creams can help us move through that pain and become more vigorous so that we have more enjoyment from life. Siberian ginseng can be used for four weeks out of every five for years at a time. It is a tonic, so a broken dose is suggested, but because it's a nourishing tonic, it can be taken almost every day. So... Uh, a month and then a week off and then a month and then a week off and you can keep on like that. You can use a tincture of the fresh or dried root. The dose is one to three dropperfuls several times a day. Powdered dried root has been used with success. And Dr. Breckham, an authority on the Luthero states that even lengthy use of large doses is completely safe and without any kind of side effect. Siberian ginseng Luthero shows remarkable cancer preventative properties and in a dose-related way. 
as a complementary medicine. Take one hour before and one hour after a radiation treatment or chemotherapy event. Also use before and after surgery beginning four or more days prior to surgery. Russian researchers emphatically recommend the use of the Luthero in the treatment of mammary cancer, including primary tumors, recurrences, and metastasis. So we can see why Eleuthero came up over and over when I was looking into cancer, and especially then why it came up as I was writing a book about how to prevent and to treat breast cancer and Eleutherococcus centicosis or whatever species you have of Eleuthero is one of the top-tier herbs to both prevent, to directly treat, and to moderate the side effects of conventional modern treatments of cancer. Wow. Stephen Booner says the root is the part of Eleuthero that is used, but the bark from the woody stems is actually higher in what is considered to be the most active constituent of the plant, which is Eleuthero side B. The fruits are also usable, and the leaves also have some activity. The Chinese use every part of the plant, but not necessarily mixed together. There are three primary forms of Eleuthero in general use a Russian high-concentration formula, a one-to-five tincture, and capsules. If you are growing your own plant and making your own extract, the eleutheroside B content in the bark of woody stems is about four times that of what's in the roots, and not only that, You don't have to harm the plant by digging up the roots because you can get more woody stalks from the same roots year after year. You can find Eleuthero, if it's not growing in your garden, in herb stores everywhere. Uh, But really, really, if you're anywhere where it will grow, just buy a few seedlings and plant it. It will spread and provide medicine for you forever. I hear you, Stephen. I will. I swear to you, if not this year, the next year, I am going to get an Eleuthero started in my shady garden patch where I have the blue cohosh and the black cohosh and the golden seal. We're going to get some Eleuthero in there. That would be a great place. Hopefully it will... wreck havoc on the poison ivy that is trying to creep in there. What kind of properties are we to expect when we use Eleuthero? Well, they're pretty obvious from the kinds of things that we've been reading, but let's just name them. It's an adaptogen, a substance that increases nonspecific resistance to adverse influences is Stephen's explanation of adaptogen. Other people have a more straightforward explanation, which is an adaptogen helps you adapt to stress. Or perhaps an even clearer uh, explanation, an adaptogen is something that helps you stay healthy even if you live in an urban area in the modern era. Right. Right. Those of us who can just walk out our door and do forest bathing all day long, all right, we don't have so much need of something like a Luthero. But those who are living in cities, and that's 80% of the population and growing, 
do need things like Eleuthero, which bring that wild, bring that forest bathing, as it were, into the inside of the body so that we can emanate it out. An adaptogen. Not an old word, but a recent word, a word that's come into use only in the past 50 or 60 years, as indeed we have been asking ourselves to adapt to an ever more frenetic and frantic pace. Eleuthero is an adrenal tonic, and you almost have to be an adrenal tonic to be an adaptogen, because the primary organ that stress is going to take a toll on is the adrenals. The adrenals are going to start making... um, cortisone, uh, corticosteroids, they're going to start pumping out stress hormones, and those are going to have adverse effects all over the body. And so any herb that's going to be an adaptogen, especially a nourishing adaptogen, like a Eleuthero is, are going to have to come in and nourish and take care of the adrenals, and it does. It helps to potentiate the immune system. It helps to tone up the immune system. Eleuthero is an antidepressant and an anti-stressor. So we can see again how it is an adaptogen, that it actively works against the effects of stress on the body, and it actively works against mood disorders and a sense of futility and worthlessness. One of the things that I see with people who live in cities and work in cities is that that sense of futility and worthlessness is a just under the consciousness current of what am I doing? Life is so meaningless. And the constant rounds of amusements that are offered up in cities to take our minds and our hearts away. And when we're in nature, somehow nature itself gives meaning to it. And working with something like a Lutherococcus brings that antidepressant effect, those interesting little substances right into our bodies in ways that we can use them. I'm glad you said that about him with urban life. I'm actually somebody who enjoys cities as well as country very much. And I live in sort of a halfway, I live in a suburban city. But I can walk to things, I can walk to the store, the pub, whatever I want to do, I can walk to. But I do, I'm fascinated when people say things like, if they're very city-fied, even more than me, when they're like, there's nothing to do here. I'm like, okay, what other extreme are you looking for, is my question. They're like, oh, there's nothing to do here. Oh, there's always something to do. I, I, I hear there's that all the time. There's always something to do in the city, here. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we live in an urban area. I live near D.C. There's all kinds of things to do. You know what I mean? And people will say that. It becomes a stress choosing among them. I think they're just so used to so much stimulation. They're like, oh, what's going to stimulate me next? You know, it's 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 odd, but... I just wanted to comment on that point. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's odd. I think it is that lack of feeling that we are being useful. And we've talked a little about this before, that I, ha- I have a great sense that utility is what creates mental health. Right. 
a purpose. We, right. We feel depressed if we feel that we aren't making a difference in some way. Right. And it's it's clear how our presence makes a difference when we're in nature, and it's not clear when we're in the city. We begin to look around, see all the other people, and say, I am meaningless. You know, I'm not important here. And maybe looking for external stimulation more than internal change or internal progress to help, or just natural progress like being in nature, uh, just being to, to help with that, perhaps. <laughs> and and thus the forest bathing, which, right. remember, they didn't have to take a vacation, go to camp. They could walk in a park and or even look at a nature scene outside a window. So if you're not ambulatory, you can look. I have a, a friend who I've mentioned before who has multiple sclerosis, and one of the best things about where she lives is that in the main room that she's in, two walls are almost completely windows. And they look out onto a meadow where she can see deer and a linden tree and other wildlife. And since she's wheelchair-bound, and she can get a wheelchair outside, she has a little garden, but it's hard to do. And yet she spends so much time in nature because of those windows that it gives her a really wonderful attitude. I once said to her, my gosh, if my body misbehaved the way your body misbehaves, I would just throw myself on the floor and have a tantrum. And she looked at me and smiled and said, ah, yes, but you wouldn't be able to get up. (laughs) So that, you know, what a great attitude. And I attribute that attitude to her because she's a, a, a girl with a great attitude, but I also contributed to the fact that she has houseplants, she gardens, she spends time outside, she has these windows, and she, against the rules, she has a cat. Oh, oops. we'll be quiet about that, because you need a cat. You need <laughs> Everyone a cat. needs a cat. You have to have a cat. Right. And it's, you know, it's part of that same thing. It's that t- being in touch with nature, being in touch with, I can have a sense of, I have done something worthwhile if I spend five minutes petting the cat, can't I? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And talk about adaptogen and stress reduction. And purpose, because there's a there's an animal that might need you, so now you need to... That's you right. Know, something you that need to take That certainly does, of. indeed. Yeah. Well... We're going to take a break next week. I'll be entertaining the green goddesses for their green goddess apprentice week. And uh, that will give you some time to um, explore a little more about Eleuthero. I, I suspect it's something you sold in the store when you were working in the health food store. We did um, in some form, yeah. It, well, it's, not a, it's not as big a seller as it should be, huh? No, but I do remember hearing it. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about Eleuthero. And have, have you yourself experimented with it? No, I have not. Well, you got two weeks. I got two weeks. <laughs> you got two weeks. I'll be ready for your report when we get back. Okay. Okay. 
I like that about that show that you that you that you like to experiment with things. Oh yeah, I do. Sometimes yeah. good, sometimes bad. You know, all you know, all the above. <laughs> exactly, but you know, you have access to these things, even though you're not working at the store. Um, and it, and I, so if you if in two weeks you say, ah, I didn't do it, that's not a problem. But if you did, what fun? And I still get the twenty percent discount as an even as an ex employee, we still get that. I so. thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> So it'll be even. Well, I, I hope you do indeed give us a report on the the state of of Eleuthero, uh, both in your okay. body and in the store. What kinds of forms there are, and just you know, f- uh, add to the picture. I love working with herbal antibiotics by Stephen Herod Booner, and we're really kind of you know using that as our platform to look at herbs. And I was also reading to you from my book, Breast Cancer Question Mark Breast Health Exclamation Point: The Wise Woman Way where I have a Materia Medica, which includes Eleuthero under its older name, Siberian Ginseng. And all of my books are available at thewisewomanbookshop.com. And guess what? Herbal Antibiotics by Stephen Herod Booner is also available at wisewomanbookshop.com. And I think you have a link right there on the page that people can just click through. Is that true? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Every week. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And so it is time for us to say goodbye once again. Mm-hmm. Thank you so and much. And we again. will indeed, we will indeed go on meeting like this. And thank you, thank you so much for offering me the time and the space and the support to do what I want to do, what meaningful in my life, which is to help people reclaim herbal medicine as people's medicine, the medicine that grows right outside your door. All right, and thank you so much, Susan Weed. Everybody, you've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Ms. Susan Weed, a very well-known herbalist uh, here in North America. And we're here every Tuesday evening at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, talking about herbal medicine and psychology of healing, all sorts of things. Thank you, and have a great evening. Blessed are we. Blessed are we in the morning, blessed are we in the light of the day, as we enjoy the earth turning. Blessed are we as the twilight descends and the magic of dusk is upon Blessed are we in the dark of the night As we slip into dreams that are calling Blessed are we in the awakening dawn Blessed are we in the morning Forbidden Archaeology Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.